Good morning, Trinity Lutheran Church. Nice to have you here this morning. Welcome to uh, another Easter Sunday and Mother's Day. Beautiful weather. Um, so glad you're here. Thanks for being here. Um, song about uh, God being everywhere, just swimming in the midst of, of this presence uh, at all times, whether we know it or not. A song by Peter Mayer, same guy that wrote uh, Holy Now, if you remember that one. So Ron and I are doing God is a River. shifting water of the river of this life I was swimming seeking comfort I was wrestling waves to find a boulder I could cling to a stone to hold me fast where I might let that fretful water of this river around me pass and so I found an anchor, a blessed resting place, a trusty rock I called my Savior, for there I would be safe from the river and its dangers, and I proclaimed my rock divine, and I prayed to it to protect me, and the rock replied, God just a stone God is a wild and raging rapids and a slow meandering flow God is a deep and narrow passage and a peaceful sandy shoal God is the river swimmer so let go clung to my rock tightly with conviction in my arms, never looking to the stream to keep my mind from thoughts of harm. But the river kept on coming, kept on tugging at my legs, till at last my fingers faltered and I was swept So I'm going with the flow now, these relentless twists and bends, acclimating to the motion and a sense of being led. And this river's like my body now, it carries me along through the ever-changing scenes and by the rocks it sing this song. God is a river, not just stone. God is a wild and raging rapids and a slow meandering flow. God is a deep and narrow passage and a peaceful sandy shore. 
God is the river swimmer, so let go. God is the river swimmer. So let go. Welcome and thank you for coming out to worship this morning and we welcome those who are online from uh, Oak Harbor to Clinton, from California to Virginia. Uh, we're honored by your presence, honored by your presence. Happy Mother's Day uh, to all the mothers, grandmothers, all who give aunts, all who give mother sisters, all who give motherly care. Uh, it's the, uh, the choir is here for us this morning and we appreciate that. It is the sixth Sunday in Easter and the order of service is before you in the bulletin. Everything will be projected for you as well. So if it's comfortable, I would invite you to stand. Gathered in God's house, we worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This one is hand motions, our gathering hymn, open the door, see all the people. responsive reading uh, for this uh, Mother's Day. We have come from our homes. We have come to God's house. We are God's diverse people. Young, old, rich, poor, female, male, female. The door to God's house is open. All are welcome. 
What if I have sinned? What if I doubt God? The door to God's house is open. We have come from our homes. Mothers. And for all who give motherly care. And we grieve for mothers who were never there, for children who do not honor their mothers, somewhat whole, somewhat broken. The door to God's house is open. Should have warned you with Kleenex, our hymn of praise is born in cry. be with you. Let us pray. Gracious Lord God, you knit us together in our mother's womb. You guided us down the birth canal to life. Your presence is constant and irresistible. You are our Alpha and Omega. 
Open our hearts this morning that we might be set free from the past and inspired to live the rest of our days committed to justice, mercy, and humility. We pray in the name that is above all others, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. I'm inviting my friend Chris. Chris, you're going to sing right there? Where are you going to sing? What do you want to sing? Chris is going to sing for us. Chris came in my office. We had a nice visit, and he sang so beautifully for me. And I said, would you sing on Sunday morning for us? And Chris said he would. So this is a song that Chris wrote himself, and it's right here. Right, Chris? Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Okay, hold that mic close. And... Angels into Make a, uh, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris, so much. We now turn to God's Word. What a blessing, huh? It'd be hard to follow that up, but this is God's Word, so. Mother's Day reading from Philippians chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, and if anything is worthy of praise, think about these things. For I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. The word of the Lord.
Thank you to the choir, uh, Love That Will Not Let Me Go. It's good news right there. Some of you have asked uh, from time to time what it looks like from my perspective, like when I'm up here preaching on a Sunday morning. So here you go. That's about what it looks like. I mean, the clo- your, flo- your clothes aren't so fancy maybe, but the looks are kind of about the, about the same. Yeah, pretty, pretty much sums it up, yeah. All right, get that out of here. That's it. Sincerely, I want to thank you, though. Uh, I want to thank you for sharing this morning with me, with the people of God here at the church. I believe that we are better together. I believe that we are blessed when we put ourselves in the path of the gospel. And I believe that God has a word for us today. Jesus said in the 14th chapter of John, let not your hearts be troubled. There's a struggle inherent in all humans. It is a struggle against the frail, fleeting nature of our humanity. You are reminded of that reality every morning when you drag your stiff, achy body out of bed, walk to the bathroom, and in your horror, you see your mother or father staring back at you in the mirror. In our younger years, we are bound and determined that we will not become our parents. But aging, the slow decay that begins at the age of 30, does not respect our wishes. I was sitting with one of our older members last week. His world had become very small. And he said to me, the transition to death is very hard, Jim. The transition to death is very hard. There's a struggle inherent in all humans. It is a struggle as old as time, at least as long as people have walked the earth. Adam and Eve did not want to be frail, fragile creatures gifted by God with short seasons in the paradise we call earth. They have most everything, but they did not have control. They did not really have independence. And the life they would lead, the first among humans, would be rewritten millions of different times in every land and race in a thousand generations that would follow. You see, Adam and Eve, chosen and precious, created in the image of God, would not have an easy life. They would face eviction. Eviction from the garden home. That's right. Consequences for behavior. And initially, Adam and Eve had two sons. One would die violently before his time. The other was his murderer, Happy Mother's Day. Let not your hearts be troubled. There is a struggle inherent to all humans. We want control. We do not want to relinquish control. We want independence. And we are not enamored with the title that so accurately describes us. Creatures. But no matter how much we struggle, I will not turn into my parents. No matter how much we protest or struggle, control and independence are nothing more than illusions. Illusions that may go undetected or unrecognized for short periods of time, but illusions 
just the same. Being human, created in the image of God, is a gift. In fact, it is all gift, every day, every hug, every shared meal, seasons in the sun, the waves breaking gently on our would-be shores, songbirds announcing a new day. It is all gift to us. You know the name Steve Jobs? Of course you do. Steve Jobs changed our lives. Steve Jobs is one of the founders of Apple. How many of you have an Apple product uh, somewhere in your possession? Yeah. Steve Jobs, you may not have known, but he grew up in a rather small Lutheran church. And after changing the world and making billions of dollars, Steve Jobs began an eight-year battle with cancer. He died at the age of 56. And 13 months before his death, Steve Jobs wrote an email to himself. Thursday, September 2nd, 2010, at 11.08 p.m., he wrote this email. I grow little of the food I eat, and of the little I do grow, I did not breed or perfect the seeds. I did not make any of my own clothing. I speak a language I did not invent or refine. I did not discover the mathematics I use. I am protected by freedoms and laws that I did not conceive of or legislate and do not enforce or adjudicate. I am moved by music I did not create myself. When I needed medical attention, I was helpless to help myself survive. I did not invent the transistor, the microprocessor, object-oriented programming, or most of the technology I work with. I love and admire my species, living and dead, and am totally dependent on them for my life and well-being. Steve Jobs, he had it right. It's all a gift to us. We stand on the shoulders of those who have gone before us. We had nothing to do with our conception or our arrival on this blue planet. It is all a gift, mysterious, beautiful, precarious, magical, and dangerous. It is all a gift. There's a struggle, a struggle inherent in all humans. It is a struggle against the frail, fleeting nature of our existence. We long for control and independence, but ultimately we all face a different, undeniable reality. Independence and control are illusions. And genius will not protect us. Wealth will not protect us. Our intellectual achievement, our college degrees, offer us no force field. And what about loving Jesus? Loving Jesus does not provide us with an insurance policy. Our faith is not an escape from this world. Our faith is an invitation to live fully in the here and now, and that is dangerous. But in the here and now, we have no protection. No protection from mayhem, aging, or death. No, there is no cure for being human. Let not your hearts be troubled. When Jesus spoke those words, he had just shared a meal with those closest to him. Bread and wine, there were singing songs, a celebration that suddenly turned dark when he said, this is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. And within hours, 
their lives would be turned upside down. The disciples, you see, had no control over the unfolding events on that dark Judean night. Jesus would be arrested, beaten, and killed. The disciples would flee into the darkness that night, afraid, crestfallen, alone, disappointed, and ashamed. And it was not far-fetched to think that they would be next on that cross. In fact, we know that most of them died unnatural, violent, martyrs' deaths for the faith. No protection. No protection for the sons of our first parents. No protection for the faithful. Let me be very, very clear. It is a harmful, self-righteous, uninformed misconception that Christianity will protect one from the trials of life. There is no such promise in the Bible. There is no cure for being human. Let not your hearts be troubled. That's what Jesus told them just moments before their world collapsed. Now there's an important lesson here in these six simple words. Words that might inform our journey. Let not your hearts be troubled. Six simple words, so simple. And yet the words are somewhat impotent to break down the walls that hold us, the prison cells of our own anxiety. These words so easily spoken are nearly impossible to experience or comprehend when we are threatened, afraid, betrayed, and generally out of control amidst the daily struggles of life. Now, if your pastor tells you not to steal, with some dedication you can resist that temptation. But if I were to tell you not to worry about your children or your grandchildren or your spouse or your memory, if I were to tell you not to worry about the state of our nation, the test results that you're waiting for, or your dwindling bank account, I would be giving you a nearly impossible task. Jesus told his disciples not to let their hearts be troubled. Why did he do that? Because he knew. Because he knew that their hearts would be very troubled. He knew that shame and fear and regret, the terrors of darkness, were about to overwhelm them. And into this uncertainty, Jesus speaks those six words, let not your hearts be troubled. My friends, there are things in life that we cannot understand. Circumstances that are beyond our comprehension. Poor, fragile, frail, clueless humans. God knows that we have troubled hearts. God knows that caring, compassionate, loving people will often have troubled hearts. We see in a mirror dimly. We see only what is before us. We live in present time, even as we fear future events that probably will never occur. And sometimes in hindsight, we come to the realization that our fears were exaggerated and the desires of our hearts were misguided. Now, when I was in high school, I thought I was in love. It was small-town stuff. 
I dated a girl my senior year in high school. Her name was Lisa. And 31 years earlier, my mother and her father had dated at the same high school, and they had attended the same prom that we attended together that year. And when it was clear that she was not interested in me for more than that short season, I wondered why God had not answered my prayer. And the next year, I attended prom with this one. Yeah, there we are. My current wife. In 1988, I interviewed for a call in Idaho Falls, Idaho. Anybody been to Idaho Falls? Oh, quite a few of you, actually. Might have been in my parish. I interviewed in 1988, Idaho Falls. Ultimately, I was rejected. They said I was too inexperienced. A year later, I was pastor here. Have you ever had a bad day that turned into a good life lesson? Have you ever had a disappointment that opened the door to a greater blessing? Now, I'm not saying that God is orchestrating our lives. I don't really believe that. I'm not saying that our successes or failures are God's doing or God's will. No, in fact, much of what happens in this world is absolutely contrary to the will of God. Some things that happened are tragic or evil or they just may be bad luck. But I do believe that God is still present, that God is still working, still reminding us that our troubled hearts will be okay if we can look with the eyes of faith past our current circumstances. Now, in past years, many years ago, one of our daughters would have a nightmare. You've all been there with your children. Hearing cries in the middle of the night, Felicia or I would crawl into bed with them. Their hearts were troubled by the terrors of the night. We simply held them and said, you know, it's okay. You're safe. Mommy's here. You're not alone. What are those words? Let not your hearts be troubled. It'll be okay. Sometimes disasters or failures, which are not a part of God's plan or yours, can lead to even greater blessings. And reality is that many of the things that we worry about, they never happen. They never materialize. We're pretty good at using our powerful imaginations to borrow trouble that may never come our way. Look at this quote from Mark Twain. I am an old man and have known a great many troubles, most of which never happened. We are creatures. We see and understand very little. Some things are hidden from our view. There are things we cannot understand. Perhaps something bigger is unfolding. Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. Now, there are going to be three points just to end this sermon. I know. Praise the Lord. It's the end of the sermon. The first is this. The first is to make peace with those things that are out of your control. Can we do that? Can we admit that some things are not in our control and consequently not our responsibility? On this Mother's Day, we are reminded that we are responsible for raising children, protecting them as best we can, feeding them, educating them, setting bedtimes and curfews for them. They are arrive to us, totally dependent on us. They are unable to survive on their own. But once they're grown up, and and I'm referring to a measure of years, not necessarily maturity. Once they're grown up, at some point, they have to figure it out. Mom and dad are no longer setting bedtimes and curfews. Our adult children need to figure it out. 
Most of them have more opportunity and better education than we ever had. We can't help worrying about them, and we are always ready with our sage advice or loving support, but they have to figure it out. They have to make decisions and live with the consequences of those decisions. Can we make peace? Can we make peace with those things that are out of our control? You know, I don't hold any of you personally responsible for the weather, and I'm not going to give any of you credit for the weather this morning. You're not responsible for the maturity level of the members of Congress. You're only responsible for your own behavior, your own actions. And we have very limited influence over any other person in the world, including the one you live with. You are not God. We are flesh and blood, a bag of bones, nothing more than creatures, living and loving for a few decades, and then we're going home. Number one, make peace with your place. Make peace with those things that are out of your control and let not your hearts be troubled. Number two, if something is in your control, do something. Don't pray for problems that you are able but unwilling to solve or at least address. Act. Go make a difference. Make a difference in the places where God has put you this day, this week, and in your life. Take control of the things that are in your control. That means spend less than you make. Eat right and exercise. Make attempts to mend fences. Say, I'm sorry. Offer forgiveness. Vote. Write letters to elected officials. Generously support causes that you believe in. None of us can stop the war in Ukraine. That's out of our control. But Trinity, that's you, have given some $125,000 to alleviate the suffering of war refugees. Go make a difference. Every day, figure out what is in your control and then take control. Do it. And don't delay. I had a phone call that I was just dreading making. Have you ever had one of those? Oh, gosh, I was dreading this phone call, so for three days I didn't do it. And I used lots of headspace and all kinds of energy worrying about that phone call instead of just picking up the phone and making the call, and it would have been much easier and less painful to have made that call right away. Don't put off that phone call or that apology or that card or that errand or that good deed. Make peace with those things that are out of your control and act on the things where you have control or influence. Don't pray for problems that you are able but unwilling to solve yourself. And finally, if things are out of your control, don't waste your precious time and limited energy worrying about them. Let it go. Let it go. Trust God. Move on. There's a struggle inherent in all humans. It's a struggle against the frail, fleeting nature of our humanity. Like Adam and Eve, we long to be God ourselves. We long to be in control. Can we trust God? Can we trust God in the midst of uncertainty? Can we trust God in a world where there is no certain protection from mayhem or disease or disaster? Can we trust God in a night of darkness when God crawls into our bed and holds us saying, it'll be okay. You're not alone. You are loved. The terrors of the night will pass. Let not your hearts be troubled. Know who you are. Know your place. Make peace with your humanity. Allow your lack of control to liberate you. 
Make a difference where you can and trust God for the rest. Got it? thought maybe we'd end with prayer. It's a prayer many of you will know. It's the serenity prayer. I'm not sure I can read it from there, but I'm going to try. Shall we say, pray this prayer together? Let us pray. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. The gospel of the Lord. Just stay put right there, and we have a piece of special music for you. can spend your whole life building something from nothing. A storm can come and blow it all away. Build it anyway. You can chase a dream that seems so out of reach. You know it might not ever come your Dream it anyway. God is great, but sometimes life ain't gold. And when I pray, it doesn't always turn out like I think it should. But I do it anyway. This world's gone crazy and it's hard to believe that tomorrow will be better than today. Believe it anyway. You can love someone with all your heart for all the right reasons. In a moment they can choose to walk away. Love them anyway. Sometimes life ain't good And when I pray It doesn't always turn out like I think it should But I do it anyway Yeah, I do it anyway Love them, do it anyway. 
Hey, remain seated as we lift our hearts to God in prayer. Orion's going to lead us in the prayers. We have a sung response. Uh, each petition will end, Spirit of God, hear our prayer, and then we come back to the sung response, which we'll sing once now as we prepare our hearts for prayer. Loving God, we give thanks for your constant presence in our lives. Like loving parents with an eye on wandering toddlers, ready to offer direction, love, and grace. We also give thanks for mothers and all who have taken up the role of a loving mother in our lives. Give mothers wisdom and grace to tread the uncertain paths that motherhood often brings and bring comfort and forgiveness to those who have had absent mothers or mothers who were less than ideal. Complex and imperfect creatures that we are, let us lean into your model of joy and wholeness as we live through our days. Spirit of God, hear our prayer. Spirit of God, nothing can separate us from your love. Secure in that promise, calm our troubled hearts. We know that anywhere we go, anything we do, you have promised to go with us. Above, behind, below, and above. Not to protect us from our choices, but to offer us love, companionship, and forgiveness. May we respond by making brave choices that benefit the lost, the last, and the lonely, and that repair broken relationships and past injustices, leaving healing in our wake. Spirit of God, hear our prayer. Caring God, we pray for the people in Sudan, Ukraine, and Russia, where war, war rages on. We pray for Gaza and Israel, where oppression threatens hope. We pray for the humbling of leaders. May the quest for power be converted into quests for human dignity and safety and equality for people. We pray for those who are sad. There is much to grieve whether it is a loss of a loved one, a job, a friendship, or a relationship. We pray for those who are ill and for those who mourn. Show comfort to those who mourn and may their mourning be turned into dancing once again. And we celebrate with those in times of joy, new birth, new life, new hope. May their joy be a reality in all our lives. Spirit of God, hear our prayer. Spirit of God, hear our prayer. 
Be with us, gracious God, in this coming week as we seek out your face and the faces that surround us every day. Thank you for this gift. We lift our hearts in thanksgiving. In your name we pray. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. Stand up, share the peace. It's peace over. Break it up. All right. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that greeting of peace. After the service, coming over the coffee hour for coffee and cookies and uh, time together, a fellowship, getting to know each other a little better. Uh, so we'd encourage you to come over uh, for that. Also, take note really closely every week of all the announcements in the back of your uh, worship folder there that tell you some of the things that are going on this week. Ask questions, get involved, and encourage you uh, to do that. Um, we set aside a, a, a Sunday every year to... Uh, Lift up the great work of the endowment. I wrote about that yesterday. You saw some of that. Uh, Maya Erke is going to come up. Maya's on the endowment committee, and she's got a few words to share with us. Maya, thank you for your service. Thank you for the endowment committee, and the mic's all yours. Thank you. Our endowment Sunday is really dedicated to you. We thank you for your many gifts, your contributions. Last year, gifts ranged from $5 to $100,000 to our endowment, and we are grateful for each and every one of them. As you read, the endowment started with uh, Steve Schrechengast's vision with a couple thousand dollars. Today, our endowment is at $4.8 million. Applying the bylaws of the endowment each year, we are able to gift 4 to 5% towards benevolence and scholarships. This year, we are giving $150,000 in scholarships to students of the parish as well as other deserving South Whidbey students. They range from four-year universities to vocational schools to two-year colleges, and that's all because of you and the endowment. We like to think that we are all leaving a legacy 
in a beautiful way that you can leave a legacy is take a look at the memorial wishes arrangement that we will have in the table in the back that Laurel and I will be staffing. Um, so you can take this, take a look at it. We appreciate every gift, whether it's in the donor box or you leave a legacy. Um, endowments of $25,000 or more are named endowments. And then you can actually determine how you would like those funds to be spent touching the future. It might be scholarships, it might be towards a particular type of charity, but your wishes will be carried out in the future. So thank you for being a blessing. We are all blessed to be a blessing. And thank you for giving and for your support of our endowment. Thank you, ma'am. So there is, uh, there's an endowment table in the gym. You don't have to stop there, but they do have chocolate. Um, and uh, I should add too, not a penny of the endowment goes for operations. None of it goes for heat, light, salaries, none of that. Uh, that's all general fund stuff, the endowment only for benevolences and scholarships. Deacon Amy. Good morning. So first, a note about our Sunday forum in the Fireside Room at 9.15. Elizabeth Gus is here to speak about uh, reverencing the Mother Mary. Uh, she comes from the Catholic Church from St. Hubert's, and she's here to uh, visit with us and speak with us this morning. So I encourage you to go down and see her again at 9.15 in the Fireside Room. And really, I'm up here to say thank you this morning. Last Sunday, we had our youth fundraiser. It really was a remarkable day, so thank you for that. Our goal was to raise $10,000 for our youth to go on all of our trips and amazing adventures this summer, and at this point, we're a little over $15,000. <laughs> so thank you, thank you, thank you for your generosity, and there's Pamela and her amazing crew in the kitchen that did a wonderful dinner. Um, it really was a tremendously fun night. We had a lot of our kids here helping um, working that night, serving in a lot of different ways, and it was fantastic. So thank you, thank you for supporting our kids. And then just to note, this Wednesday is our um, family dinner. We're getting together at 6 o'clock, and then at about 6.30, the reptile lady will be here to visit us, and she's bringing lots of her friends with her. So if you're interested in coming this Wednesday, we're going to eat first and then visit reptiles, if that makes any difference. So um, let me know if you'd like to be here, so we'll have plenty of dinner. Thank you. <laughs> Reptiles in the house. Let not your hearts be troubled. Um, it's a big uh, fellowship week uh, besides Wednesday night, uh, Thursday, with Thursday luncheon at noon. So a potluck luncheon Thursday at noon, if you want to come to that. Men's breakfast next Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Uh, and Carl's waving at me. Go ahead. So this afternoon here, 3 o'clock, the orchestra will be here, the Whidbey Island Orchestral Mother's Day concert. And at Muirford this afternoon, Doug Vorbach and Ron Russell are going to play for an hour, I think, something like that. 1.30. So two things to do. Very good. Okay. Uh, we transition now to towards the close of the service uh, with the Lord's Prayer. I'd invite you to stand as we sing together uh, the prayer that Jesus taught us.
As you depart from this worship service, go out those doors and find your own place of service this week. And as you go, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. An aerobic ending to our service, our sending hymn. We are marching, singing, dancing.
love and serve the Lord.